0: Chapter 29 Saints, Dreams, and the Transfer of Energy Have you ever fallen asleep and realized you were somewhere in between? When all your senses have settled in, vision witnesses the awareness enter into a dream. My teacher called this a bardo, and so there was a part of me that watched ideas move and project, but I wasn't concerned with what a bardo was because I was busy watching formless visions defy logic. Hard to keep track of, but I remember playing a sport where I kicked a ball with my feet. This was the game I loved, and within this dream I competed against many other athletes. Time was irrelevant since all of us chased this ball to kick it in the goal, but the particulars of this game didn't matter for who was really in control. This dream seemed to wander. And then out of nowhere I came to receive this ball. But as I tried to dribble, I seemed to move in slow motion. It was as if my normal abilities were restricted, and I moved as fast as a snail might crawl. Over and over, I tried to run at full speed, but as soon as the ball came to me, the slow motion would repeat. Frustration grew, and I couldn't figure it out. I chased the ball everywhere but no changes came about. Time would pass, and that dream faded away. Had it been moments or months, then another dream came out to play. Now this one was like nothing I'd ever felt. I was in a plane flying over floating islands made of earthly land. Someone else was driving this plane, but I couldn't see their face when we turned upside down, as this vision was beyond what I could understand. I hung on for dear life. This dream was too much. My emotions were trapped in this surreal reality, and it was so potent that part of me wondered if I would throw up. We zoomed past floating islands, where we almost crashed, but that pilot just kept flying, even though the craft nearly smashed. Why couldn't I look over to see who this person was? But again we cut under the mass of floating trees, where the craft lurched forward and began falling from high above. I gripped the seat, but there was nowhere to hang on. We were heading for the planet and it looked like we were going to hit the ground. Just before we reached the dirt, right when I couldn't take it anymore, the craft leveled out and landed. Then I crawled out onto the land when I realized this dream was more vivid than any others I'd felt before. Was it a moment or a year? I couldn't quite tell. Another dream took hold of my awareness as if I'd been swept away in a spell. For who was I, and why couldn't I control what was happening? Some dreams were peaceful, joyful, were even orgasmic, but others were frightening, disturbing, and maddening. Again, I was a witness. I was here to observe. Rarely if ever did I have conversations in these dreams, yet there was always a message to be heard. Sometimes the dreams were so strange and wild that I could not figure them out. But that's when I realized the dreams were trying to reveal or show something, and whenever I'd wake up and come back to reality, I'd forget the dream but wonder if the in-between was trying to help me out. There was something intelligent to these dreams, and I could not quite put it into words. I'd even try explaining them to others, but no one else could truly grasp the dreams I had observed dreams seemed to be a direct message to the individual, and to the individual alone, and as soon as I woke from a slumber, the dreams would fade as if they were not meant to be remembered, realized, or known. Now from time to time, there is a dream that occurs which one will never forget, and this night something happened that will forever be imprinted into my mindset. For months, my grandmother had been suffering. She was dying of cancer. And once her condition worsened, updates became silent when our family realized there would not be a healing solution or answer. Waiting in stillness, my mother and her siblings gathered near. Meanwhile the extended family waited for a call that no one wanted to hear. I remember the dream in the night because I felt she was dead. My grandmother appeared in a dream and she gave me a final message that was imprinted into my head. The only other time I'd felt something like this was when I believed I crossed paths with Saint Michael the Archangel, yet within this dream sleep, I began to sense the illumination similar to that of an illuminated fire atop a candle. In this dream I saw my mother and her oldest brother who received a phone call. I couldn't hear a thing, but I watched the oldest brother's mouth drop open when the phone fell. My mother was crying. She covered her face for the news that had come. I needed no words to explain. And in that moment, I realized my grandmother's life was done. Not a moment later, I felt someone come near. They approached from behind me. Then I felt one hand on my shoulder and one on my waist. And as I turned around, a glowing body of light appeared. Goosebumps rose upon my skin. For now I realized that I was within a dream because I could feel my body. She had touched me, and here my grandmother's form was the illumination that light embodied. I tried to look closer, but she was far too bright. For if death had taken her, then death was not anything like that of a dark night. For she was awakened, and her body showed no sign of the tremble her living layers once had. For in her old age and through the suffering. That subtle twitch she carried had since passed. She was perfectly still, and I watched her smile bigger than ever before. She looked upon us with such love, and now that physical sensation in my body felt like an electric blanket was placed upon me, and this was a feeling I could not ignore. I woke up in the middle of the night around 3.30am, and I could still feel where her luminous hands had touched my skin. This dream was invisible, but it was real, and how had she appeared from deep within? For hours I stayed up wondering, because I felt too electric to go back to sleep. Sure enough, the next morning I was informed that my grandmother died, and she left me with a dream that I could always keep. At the funeral I saw her body lie still, but I could barely weep since I knew her soul had gone beyond. She embodied the same feeling I received when I spoke to Saint Michael, which was the same sensation when she touched me as I turned toward her glowing light as bright as the morning dawn. The morning star glows, and her luminous light touched my shoulder and my side. I saw Saint Cecilia Sophia alive after death, for only the outer layer of her body had come to die. After the dream of my grandmother, I began to realize these were direct messages and signs. For whatever occurred through my life, I could use the dreamscape to see how my spiritual essence was aligned. Something like clues or messages were being delivered, and only now was I beginning to tune in. The more dreams I had, the more I'd forget. But all I knew is that these messages were coming out from within, aligning with the awareness. I began to make more decisions directly from my intuition. Whatever I felt growing from deep within is what I brought out to reality and into fruition. I began hanging silk upon my ceiling. I painted the wall in my living room bright orange just because. And whatever I did, I couldn't question it, because I was following a feeling of guidance that was connected to eternal love. My mind would often voice with criticism since neither of us knew exactly what we were doing. But I believed that just like the dream space there was something leading me, and so I allowed this surreal action to come into fruition. What started with posters and silk turned into a chapel within a home. I had set up an altar as a shrine, and I'd collected a bowl of holy water which I stirred with the rib of a python's bone. Almost every night I'd create a new ritual, unknown as to where the body, mind, or spirit would go. For up till now, I was clueless as to what was happening, but I believed spirit was within this home and there was something it was trying to show. The cats would gather, and there I would ignite the incense and smoke. I'd breathe in the sacred herbs, eat the magical mushrooms, and whatever would arise is exactly what I would invoke. Working with the energy, I submitted to all that was for I showed little fear, even when I was thrown into madness, because I could not ignore that there was a more powerful force directing the energy of Earth and it was coming from down below and high above. Of course I was lost, but something seemed to be using my body as a means to reveal some secret way. I don't think it was so secret that it wasn't meant to be found, but it was secret in a way in which words could not say. This would propel me into situations to teach me, and only once I got through it would the lesson be revealed. I realized I was a human lost in a material world, and through my life I'd made many mistakes, but by the power of this earth these rituals were showing me a way to heal. I could barely understand anything, and the sacred smoke became my guide, for it was steadily humbling my ego even when I would disassociate from my body and my pride. After time I began to think that this body was not mine, and so I barely recognized me. I'd grown a giant beard and didn't care to look in a mirror because a reflection wasn't what I needed to see. The reflection of me appeared in my dreams, for it arose all throughout my life. Whatever happened was the Sutra of Dependent Origination showing me the causation to all my suffering and strife. This path was not easy, and I took it one day at a time. My memory faded as I forgot so much, but more and more synchronicity began to align. Numbers spoke to me, and I began to see that each value held a message. I'd interpret them in strings of three, to see what these numbers might be expressing. Was I losing my mind or gaining my soul? I went deeper and deeper as I surrendered all control. I couldn't focus on work, and I could barely remember to cook food. Was I starving myself or fasting? I couldn't even know what to conclude. I'd drink excess amounts of water, and I'd train the body through the night and day. My mind would forget that my muscles were in the middle of doing a yogic posture, and I'd end up thinking so fast I could not remember conversations I had five minutes ago or five seconds ago, and so I had to relearn how to listen even when there was much I wanted to say. As if something was teaching me, but it was restricting who I was. Some days I wondered if I was being tortured within, or was this all coming from an act of love? I went out and gathered three copper poles, then I arranged them like a teepee over my bed. I'd intertwine my toes to hold on to the bottom copper pole, then I'd reach my arms out and take hold of the other two where both arms were spread. There I arranged three pallets under the mattress, and the bed was lopsided without a fourth. I don't know why I slept with one side of the bed sinking, because it was obvious this bed was incomplete without the other pallet, but I never got one more. This copper pyramid was covered in silk, prayer beads, and various stones. I found more copper wire and wrapped it around the top, obeying a voice that had risen out from the unknown, and there once was a time when I could hear my own voice telling me I should commit suicide, and after a couple years of running from this, I realized I didn't want to die, but rather I was very tired and I didn't know if I wanted to be alive. Rather than give in to this mind space, I would find the gap between thoughts and emotions, and there I'd rest when I couldn't figure out what to do, but beyond that, the most healing medicine is when I would sit with the ocean. Something changed within, but my condition got worse. I was aware enough to know that I had lost some control of the mind, and each day I felt as if I was cursed. The muscles in my body grew so tight, and my shoulders reached up towards my ears. I'm not certain if I would clench or grind my teeth, but my awareness was so scattered I couldn't stay aware. The madness continued, and I hung many masks upon a wall. I became very strict with my inner thoughts, and so words like I and me were not allowed. Yes, the body and mind were in a state of chaos, lost in a spinning cycle where I couldn't get free. I began to forget what happened the day before, and I'd introduce myself to people over and over not knowing they'd already met me. Then one night on December 21st, 2019, I came to a one-pointed moment. Where it seemed as if I had it all figured out. I listened to a recorded lecture from a man named Ram Das. when I realized that I must meet this man because surely he had the answer to how my life was falling apart. In the darkness of the night, I put water upon a tray, then set a candle in the middle. I placed this under the three copper pipes I'd crafted into a teepee of a bed, and then I reached into the medicine bag to get the cards when I was ready to dive into this ritual. Words could not quite explain what was happening, but I sensed a feeling of how energy was transferred. I shuffled a deck of cards to understand this intuitive awareness until I got a message to observe. First there was a great wheel above, and this was called the Wheel of Fortune. A never-ending cycle, it seemed to include the good, the bad, and everything in between stretching to infinite proportions. Under this rotating cycle, there I found a path laid out. Starting on the left with the zero, or the fool, this was a fool's journey to the magician card at the far right end of this route. In between the fool and the magician were three cards. Next to the fool, on the left, was the page of cups. In the very middle was the card called strength. And beside strength, to the right, was the Queen of Wands, and to the average person this was all nonsense. But the deeper I looked at it, the more it made perfect sense. Those three cards between the fool and the magician appeared like a secret key for me. A page of cups hinted about a fool who surrenders to the flow of emotions who learned how to hold space without reacting. Next came strength, and this represented the training, focus, grit, and even madness one must go through. Next came the Queen of Wands, with a black cat beside her, and so I wondered if she held the secret blessing only she could bestow. On the next night, I reflected back upon the lecture from what Ram Das explained, and so I searched for him through the internet upon my phone, only to realize he died that day, for he had passed away at the age of 88. And so I remembered my grandmother who appeared in the dream after she died. She also died at eighty-eight. And about that card in the middle, the one called Strength. For the woman pictured had an infinite halo over her head, and her card was also the number eight. All these signs were great, but I didn't know what any of it means. Then the next night, as I lay in my bed, I drifted away as I was caught in between another dream. In this dream I woke up but I was stuck in my body. With my eyes half open, I saw a dark shadow of a man standing in my room when this appeared to be a spirit embodied. As if a boulder was upon me, or I was too exhausted and fearful to rise, I wondered about how this visitor had come to find me in my home that night, for who was the spiritual soul of a man that I had not met or recognized? Sometime later, as I continued to lose myself upon the way, I kept the faith and continued forward wherever I was going, even when I lost track of the time, streets, and days. Then I remembered a strange dream, for this was one I had never felt. In this dream, I found myself in the middle of a cavern, and for this entire dream I knelt. I was kneeling before a skull with great horns, but there was nothing to fear for there was no negative emotion that overtook any of my senses, and so I knelt in peace right there. A man with a blanket showed me things, but these were elusive signs I couldn't remember. He revealed synchronistic behavior to showcase the universe's entire splendor. One minute I was focused on where he was leading me, only then to realize I was being guided by the wind. I'd look behind me to try to find him but he was in front of me under a creature's skull with horns and wings. Still I felt nothing, and so I was completely at ease. No fear or trepidation? This dream was so strange because I knew I'd normally be frightened but my awareness was at total peace. The last thing I remember is the only thing I couldn't forget. He left me with a final sign. Just before the dream ended, he revealed scripture which was concealed in a bright red book. The cover was shining, like a velvet or silk red. When I awoke, I realized I had this book in my collection, and the next day was when I opened it to see what the Vedas had said.